Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop. Thank you for giving me the space in your life, this little window in your life where you and I can talk. Well, at least I can talk. You're going to listen. So anyway, this week's episode is something that I really just thought about over the last couple of days. One of the things that I very rarely ever talk about is actually myself, right? I don't talk about me. And that's not, there's no kind of other, there's no kind of surreptitious thing going on. There's nothing nefarious about that. There's nothing to hide. I'm, but the the reason why I don't talk about me is because, you know, I spent a considerable part of my life getting complete with my past. Right now, that doesn't mean to say I forget my past and I'm done with my past. And blah, blah, blah. what it means is I just don't find it particularly interesting anymore. Like I just don't. There's no juice in it for me. It's not. There's nothing weighty or significant or heavy about my past. So I, I just kind of shrug my shoulders. I think it's unimportant. But what I'm going to do in this episode is, in light of my commitment to authenticity, I'm going to share with you about me. And I'm going to share with you about me to show you two things. One, what authenticity actually looks like and sounds like. And then secondly, for you to get a sense of what's possible for yourself. Because that's probably the most important part of all, that you actually get connected to some sense of what's possible for you. Because, you know, if I can do it, you can fucking do it, quite frankly. Right? There's nothing, I've said this on previous shows, there's nothing remarkable happening over here, right? This is, you know, I'm, I'm an ordinary man with an extraordinary purpose. So I'm an ordinary man with an extraordinary purpose. That is, I'm an ordinary person giving my life to something that's bigger than that. And anybody can do that, by the way. And you don't need to be, you know, an author and a podcaster or a musician or an artist or any of those things to, to, to have that kind of life. Your life can be given by an extraordinary purpose. It... it it's not necessary for the whole world to have fucking heard about you. So, um, so this is my, I'm going to 
kind of unfold something for you here that'll give you a sense of of who I am and a sense of what's possible for you and that telling. So I'm, I'm the youngest in a family of four, three older sisters. The sister immediately older than me, she passed away a bit a number of years ago uh, from cancer, from complications to cancer. I was born in the late 1960s, which for some of you is like a fucking lifetime ago. For me, it seems like three weekends. But I was born in Glasgow, Scotland. And if you know anything about Glasgow, Glasgow's a post-industrial city, you know, once a very significant center for shipbuilding in the world. And um, it's, it's one of those cities where, you know, people don't give a fuck. They just don't give a fuck. <laughs> they are, they'll just lay it out for you. It's not always authentic. Sometimes it's, you know, past-based traumas and, and authenticities and all sorts of shit like everywhere, everywhere else in the world. But there's an authenticity to Glasgow that I feel as if it's hard to replicate. Now, I'm from the east end of Glasgow. That's the side of Glasgow where the other three sides say, shit, the east end, <laughs> right? <laughs> so the other three sides are like, oh, fuck, the east, right? Because in the east, um, it tends to be um, where there's the most poverty, where there's the most, in my day, it was alcohol abuse. Now, there's you know, significant alcohol and, and drug problem in that part of the city. There's a long history of like kind of violence and abuse and all kinds of stuff. Okay. So I was not only born into that environment, I was raised in that environment. My father was what I now call a a heavy drinker. I, you know, the alcoholic thing, yeah. I mean, some people may call him that. I just, you know, I would say he he drank more alcohol than one should. And it had the kind of typical effects that it would have on someone. So for the most part of my childhood growing up, it was myself, my mom, my three sisters. And my dad was in and around the family, right? He, is, he had a period of being homeless, and then he lived on his own. And, but I saw him regularly, saw my father regularly. Now, all of that had an impact on me as a young man, right? Or as a, or as a child, even. And my overriding experience in childhood was one of being alone that I was not connected. No, I had it. We were, as a family, we were very tight. You know, my three sisters doted on me, but that wasn't my experience. My experience was they were there. My mom was there. My dad was over there and I'm here. So that experience of being alone was very, very challenging. And I had, I had the same kind of ontological progression that people would have if they were born in a similar situation. So for me, doing it myself and being independent became second nature. What I didn't realize growing up is that I turned myself independent. It seemed like I just evolved, but much later I learned that I turned myself independent. I turned myself independent and hardworking and adaptable. 
I could adapt to different situations pretty easily. I could have lots of different things that I could do to a decent enough degree where I was, you know, I had a facility with each of them. But never, never a virtuoso in any of them. Now, like I said, growing up in Glasgow was very, very challenging. There was a lot of violence, everyday violence. There was a lot of alcoholism. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to just kind of paint this picture of darkness. You know, in my childhood, there was there was definitely a community there. There were definitely friends there. There were definitely. But again, my challenge was this feeling of isolation. And as you can imagine, you take that experience of isolation, you take that that kind of stubborn independence, and you drive forward into the future with that. You become a certain kind of adult, and I duly did. I became a certain kind of adult. And plenty of friends around me, but still that singular experience of being alone. So I went through my teens and in my early 20s, I was a budding musician. I wanted to make music my career. And for about nine years, I did. So I played and I toured and I recorded and I played some really cool places and I met some really cool people. And in that process, I had moved to the United States on a performance visa, I might add, by the way, for those of you that might be fucking wondering, in my mid-twenties. And within about a year or so, I'd met my this woman who would go on to become my wife. And so through those years in my twenties, it seemed like my life was heading somewhere. I'd, I'd kind of overcome what I'd witnessed as a child, what I'd seen in my father, what I'd come to believe to be true about my mom, what I'd come to believe to be true about myself. All of this was forming and shaping me, but I'd never really realized that that was happening, that I was being shaped. But it seemed to me like, you know, as I was getting a little more intuitive and a little smarter and being a little more knowledge, yeah, I was conditioned by society. It wasn't until much later that I started to really confront the idea that I'd conditioned myself to face a society and a life and people that I decided was true. So I eventually married this woman that I met, and I was now getting into my early 30s, and I decided, you know what? I want to really settle down with this woman. I want to have a home, and we want to start a family, and I want to start a business, and I want to start to create something new in my life, which many people do at that juncture, their 20s and their 30s. Because, you know, my 20s had been a lot of fun. But when, again, when I did the work later and looked back, I seen it was a lot of overcoming or trying to overcome something about myself that I didn't fit in, that I wasn't the person that I wanted to be when I was 10, 11, 12. There was a cloud, a weight of sadness and disassociation. So off we went. Well, off we trooped. I got married. I did my whole thing. And if you look back in your life, you might see your pathway, but with some of the milestones that I'm pointing out here, they might ring true for you. And they'll ring true because we are so concerned with the story of our lives. We can't see that everybody's living one. Everybody's living a reality of their own making. I'll say that one again for the people at the back. We are each living a reality of our own making. And I was living my reality of my own making, which took me all the way up to my late 30s. And I'm striving ahead and I'm still married to this woman. And 
We've just had a baby, this beautiful, handsome boy, and I was now living in America, and I was now making money, and I was not fucking happy. Now when I look back, I could see I was ready. I was getting ready to go fucking hit the wall. The wall of what? The wall where everything that I told myself to be true and everything that I was aiming for, I was realizing and I was starting to kind of stumble into the idea that this was all bullshit, that this was in fact bankrupt, that who I'd become was not who I am and that who I'd become was out of control and that I was somehow trapped in being this fucking person like you, like you. We become trapped. And being someone that we subconsciously designed to overcome our no reality, that is, our version of reality, our view of what reality was, you and I, we have become characters. And a play that we started writing as soon as we started to get language and we're still writing now. So that's when, you know, like I started to to work on myself. I started to take on this idea of personal development. And I actually started with some books that I, that I dipped my toe in the water with, right? So one of my first was Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And I have no idea why, why I, I took upon that book or I happened upon that book. I just decided one day I'm in the bookstore and I bought it and I started to read it and it resonated. And that was really like when I started to question myself philosophically, which I think is the basis of all good transformations. It's it's a philosophical inquiry. Like, who the fuck am I? How the fuck did I become this person? Where am I going? What's this really been like for me? What's it been like for people to live with me? And if I keep going like this, and if I keep doing this, what was the point of it all? So again, I threw myself into the work and I threw myself into personal development programs and so on in my early 40s. And that's when I realized, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd become a fucking asshole. I became a righteous, self-opinionated. And by the way, not any more than your average person. My assertion is we're all righteous and self-opinionated. But it was a kind of shock to see myself in that light. I mean, I knew other people were that fucking way. I could, like you, I could see the faults in other people. Like, he's a pain in the ass, she's a pain in the ass, he's trying to fucking dominate me, she's trying to manipulate me. I could see other people's fucking shtick, but I'd never seen my own. I'd never seen the space that I took up in the universe. I'd never seen it. I'd never witnessed it. I'd never experienced like, ooh, that is what's here. And so I set off on a mission, a mission of personal transformation, a mission of coming to terms with, a mission of being complete, which required me to reach all the fucking way back to my earliest memories, to track the line of logic of how I got from there to here and what I'd done with that each step of the way and how I'd excused it and justified it. And, and I'm including, by the way, all the fucking things that happened to me 
I'm talking about the fucking violence. I'm talking about the, I'm talking about what I've seen. I'm talking about the traumas. I'm talking about the shame. I'm talking about the guilt. I'm talking about all the fucking shit that came at me. How I used all of that to explain who I know was. And I continued to reach back there to just scoop another cup of the fucking Kool-Aid to refresh me as I forged my way forward in life. I was constantly drinking from the well of my past to justify the path I was taking into the future, just like you do. And I'm not, I'm, look, I'm not fucking doing that by sitting in the chair every fucking day and refueling. It's a constant process, a constant reminder of how you've done it before and why you do it. No, I'm right. And I've met people like you before and no one's going to do that to me again. And the fucking that. And the moment of realization was, why am I doing this with my life? Why would I use my life to overcome a fucking ghost? So I began the process, the process, and it was a long process, and it took me a long time, and I needed a lot of guidance at the time, because there was nothing, I want you to know this, you guys, there was nothing around like this fucking podcast or these books, there was nothing around at that time, nothing. Most of the personal development stuff at the time that you could buy in a book or do in a fucking course was just fucking happy clapping bullshit. Be you, except better. But the more I dug and the more I scraped and the more that I found that I could go back in life and talk to people, people I hadn't seen in years. Some of the incomplete things, some of the loose ends that I'd left hanging there, I tied them up. A lot of people think when you go back and complete something in your past, it means happily ever after with that person. It doesn't. It means it's just complete for you and complete for them. And now we can all just go on with our fucking lives. And I've done episodes on that very subject, by the way, how to get complete. And some of you have used that methodology to great effect. It's not about happily ever after. It's about releasing yourself from resentments, traumas, angers. Sadness, shame. You let them off the hook to let you off the hook. And sometimes people have said to me, you know what, you just gotta fucking let that go. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm fucking dying here holding on to it. I'm dying here. The, the life is draining out of me. I'm a fucking robot. I'm not a being anymore. I'm a fucking machine. I just do this every fucking day. And then when you start to deal with all of that and you start to get complete with that, there's a lightness. There is a lightness of being. There's a freedom. There's a sense of like, fucking hell, that was weighing on me. And that was weighing on me. And that was on my mind. And, I, and then this is what I did to that relationship. And this is what I did to that person or these people. I'd spent so long in my life justifying it by looking at what they were doing that I never confronted who I was. And I took away all the excuses for it. I took away all the fucking just. I no longer would allow myself to hang my fucking coat there. I'm not doing it. 
I'm going to own it. I'm going to own who the fuck I've been with no justification. And I'm not even going to talk about the other people in terms of what they did or didn't do. I don't fucking care anymore because what matters to me is who I've been and who I am and who I'm now declaring myself to be moving forward. That's right. Replay that part. And it was radical. And it was magical. And it was enlightening and uplifting. And the sense of real palpable mental and emotional freedom was like the the juiciest of fucking air that could fill a human being's lungs. I got fucking high on the possibility of who I could be now. Because there was nothing back there that I hadn't looked at, that I hadn't addressed, that I hadn't fucking completed. I was done. I didn't have to fucking get over my past. I was complete with what all of that was and what all of that wasn't and who I was in it. Period. But Gary, what about the trauma? Yeah, all of it. And that's when I reinvented myself. That's when I really got that I could reinvent. Far too many people are trying to reinvent something over some old bullshit, and it won't work. It won't work. You're putting on your best clothes, and you haven't had a fucking shower in three years. I mean, from a distance, it looks okay, but when you get up close, you realize something's off. You with me here? It's an existential shower. You have to clean the fucking stank off you. But not the stank of other people, the fucking stank of yourself. And I'm, this is when people say to me, oh, this word can be so complicated because of people. No. You work on you, like I worked on me. When you've done the work on yourself, your ability to function in relationships just gets a whole fucking lot easier, man. A whole lot easier. It all begins at home, in the confines of your own head. Responsibility is when you start to get Shit, stuff happened, but man, look what the fuck I've been doing with that. And tell the truth, man. Don't be like, oh, I've been recovering and trying in my best and stop. What have you really been doing, though? I'm not saying this to be fucking cruel to you or harsh or, you know, fucking angry. I'm saying this because I fucking love you and I want you to know this is all possible for you. You work on you. You do that work on yourself. You want to ask me about me? I'll fucking tell you all of it. Every fucking last gory detail. To what end? For what? For titillation? To try and, I don't know, have me make some sense to you? Maybe you want to fucking psychoanalyze me. I don't know. Who cares? Who fucking cares? The reality is this. The power that's available to you today and moving into the future will come from your willingness to troll through all of that bullshit and own the whole fucking lot of it. That's why I say like, oh no, I need them to apologize. I need them to say sorry. I need them to agree. I need them to take ownership. I need good fucking luck with that. 
Keep listening to the podcast and reading the books. And then see this episode, bookmark it. And every year, go back and listen to it and see if you're getting any fucking closer to what I'm saying. Because you'll only be fucking free when you're here in this conversation and looking at life from here. That's when you'll get free, my friend. That's when you'll get free. You might not be there yet. You might still be listening to this right now going, no, fuck them, and they fucking did, 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 did. I get it. Okay. Keep listening then. You're not there yet. Your job, my friend, is to get yourself here. Deal with whatever you fucking need to deal with so that you can participate in this conversation from the perspective of your own life. Deal with it. Whatever it is. Anger, resentment, shame, guilt. I don't fucking care. Deal with it. But work from this perspective is the work that works. It works. Freedom is available to you. Freedom from the past. People say to me, yeah, I don't know if you can really ever get over the past. Fucking bullshit. Absolutely. Not only have I done it, fucking the people that I've done workshops with, that I've delivered programs to, fucking tens of thousands of people on my watch have completed their past. I've done it. I've seen it. Oh, it's a long process. Who told you that? Oh, it's hard work. Who told you that? Maybe, but maybe not. Some of the greatest realizations of my life have been so fucking mind-blowingly simple, have been things that I might even have said in the past, but at some point I was like, oh shit, that's what that means. That's what that means. Oh, damn, I get it now. And you need to get it. But that's what we're doing here. We're getting to know each other. You're getting to know me. Your job now, my friend, do a little bit more work. Get to know yourself. All right, we're going to take a quick break, very quick break here. Um, and after the break, we're going to be taking our question from the nation. Uh, of course, if you want to participate in a future show, connect at GaryJohnBishop.com or you can call me 646 four five zero three two zero three six four six four five zero three two zero three you can call me or text me and if you've got a question or a comment or something in your life that you want to share with me or some problem you want some insight with any one of those two will do we'll be back in just a moment Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. All right, all right. Welcome back to this part of the show. This is where we take our question from the nation, right? So every week. We take a question from one of the listeners out there. But, you know, bear in mind, like I just said before the break, it can also be a subject that you would like me to discuss or get into. 
I mean, there's a lot going on in this fucking world. So for something you want me to touch on, something you want me to kind of take a look at from a philosophical perspective, I'm happy to do that. But uh, this one is from Amanda. And Amanda says, hi, Gary. I've been with my current company for seven years. It has been a tough decision, but I've recently begun looking for a new position with a company that better aligns with my worth. I have never been good at meeting new people and making friends. I know it is my own lack of confidence and the voice that plays on repeat in my head is saying, no one actually likes you, they only tolerate you. So I end up sabotaging any friendships I do happen to form by not reaching out because I believe they don't wanna hear from me. Over the past few years, I have made close friendships with a few coworkers. My fear now is once I move on to a new company, and I am not physically with these friends on a daily basis, I will again convince myself that they don't really like me. They were only tolerating me as a co-worker. I know, I know, don't do that shit. How can I break through my own deep-seated self-deprecating dialogue and make sure I stay connected to my tribe? All right, a couple of different things in this, Amanda, that I'm going to kind of pick apart with you. The first one, I'm, I'm going to invite you to to just let go of, right? And this is for everybody listening. You say at the beginning of your communication here, you say that you're looking for a new position with a company that better aligns with my worth. Stop saying shit like that. What you get paid is not a reflection of your worth. What you get paid is not a reflection of your worth. You are a human being. You cannot put a price on that. You get paid for what you do. You get paid for what you do. There's a going rate for that. At the time that you're doing what you're doing, if you look around and see how much people get paid for that, that's what you might expect to get paid for that. It's not a reflection of you. All too often, people connect what they're doing with some sense of self-worth, of self-value. That is an error. That is a mistake. You'll constantly be disappointed. Now, I don't think it's any coincidence in your case that you're saying it that way. I think it's perfectly in alignment with your relationship to self, right? Like, and it's a common relationship that people have with themselves, like they're somehow worth less. So if you go back and listen to the first half of the show, two, three, 52 times, you may start to get a sense of the kind of box that you've trapped yourself in. Like you're measuring how your relationships are going from a sense of self-worth. I mean, you know, I have a friend who, a very, very close friend of mine, I don't talk to him for weeks. That works for both of us. And as soon as I call or he calls, we pick up the phone like we spoke yesterday. It's not a thing with us. But the interesting thing for me is towards the end of this, right? When you started kind of lay out, like, oh, I hope I don't do this because I've done this in the past and, you know, this is how my friendships usually go. 
This is all to keep you being the you that you've become. That's all this is. You you haven't you haven't interrupted you enough and you don't do it enough. You you get into bed with yourself and just lay there in the fucking liquid bullshit of what you've told yourself. It's kind of warm and slurry fucking soup of horse shit that you get to hide out from life from. And then and then you you become a victim to it, Amanda. You're like, oh, help me. No, I just shouldn't do it. No, you're going to have those thoughts. You're going to have occasions when this thing or that thing, when you're going to indulge what I'm going to call your internal state. You indulge yourself internally. You have a thought or a feeling and you're like, yeah, let's fucking do that. Well, that's not an interruption. And when you're out to kind of break up patterns of behavior, look, it's uncomfortable. It's an interruption. You won't feel like you want to do it. I mean, look, I'll give you a fucking simple surfacey solution to this. Open up your fucking calendar. Look at an hour and every week, like maybe a Wednesday at 8 o'clock or Saturday at 6 or a Tuesday at 7. Open up that occasion in your calendar. And in there, put call friends. Close the fucking thing. And then next week, when that thing comes up in your phone, it says call friends. You're like, oh, shit. This is my moment to honor something. Honor what? Honor what I said I was going to do. I don't feel like it, though. Gary, I feel like alone and, I don't, and people don't like me. Call your fucking friends. Why? Because the phone says you should. Do what the calendar says. Fuck what you think. Fuck what you think. Do what the calendar says. And by the way, you can use that. That's for everybody listening. That is one of the most powerful ways to break through the drift of your automatic thoughts. Have your phone interrupt them. So then what's the only thing you're left managing? I'm left managing my relationship between myself and what my calendar's telling me to do. That's where the action's happening. Do I look at it and go, yeah, later. Or do I look at it and go, okay, this is my moment, bang. Okay, this is my moment, bang. Some moments you win, some moments you won't. And you could also come up with an agreement with your friends that they call you. Hey, listen, how would you feel about calling me? Your internal noise about yourself is just a throwback to your childhood. I just fucking shared about mine. Were you listening? To create some kind of new future, Amanda, requires you to interrupt to be an invasion of those thoughts and feelings and emotions. Does it get easier? Sometimes. Sometimes it gets harder. But that's the right struggle to be in. That is the right struggle, not the wrong one. Everybody's looking for the magic pill. Everybody's looking for the easy way not to be themselves. And when I say themselves, I mean the, the kind of self that they've become. Everybody wants to change without discomfort. Whether it's your body, your finances, your relationship, your career, your passion, your purpose. Everybody wants to just kind of tumble into that. Everybody's, that's why so many people come into this space and like pitch a fucking line and millions of people just follow it. Like, oh yeah, this is the new thing that everybody's doing. You know how many fucking new things that everybody's been doing? When the answer is simple. It's acknowledging and recognizing where you are, being straight with yourself about the impact of life when you do that, 
if I continue to do that, this mirage, this myth of a persona gets to persist. I get to explain and justify this thing that I've become. Or I just look at that thing in my phone and I say, hey, this is my moment. This is my moment to strike a blow for the future, for something new. And stop blaming it on, you know, whatever. Oh, I've got this self-deprecating noise in my head. Yeah, welcome to society. I mean, imagine we could put all of that on loudspeaker, on the train or in the coffee shop, and we could put everybody's noise on loudspeaker. What do you think it would be like? Well, let me tell you, it won't be this. I'm fucking awesome. I'm amazing. Fucking beautiful. Talented. Everybody fucking loves me because I love me. And I'm amazing. And I really love my life and everybody in it. And for anybody that's wronged me, I love you. I love you all. I'm at peace with myself. I'm, the amount of money I make is perfect. I don't care about it because I'm just a overwhelming. No, it's not that. It's fuck this shit. Why don't I, why can't I afford that? Who do they think they're talking to? Oh, I just fucking hate the shape that I'm in right now. I'm so fucking hungry, but why am I always want to eat? And the, 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 our internal noise is just noise. But, but the more we jump in with it, the more we get to perpetuate the myth of that noise. Keep listening to this, you guys, the myth of the noise. So it becomes our lies. The internal noise becomes our life because we act upon it. Doing something as simple as putting an occasion into your calendar allows you to have a you or the existence of a you outside of the noise. And like I said, then the game is, shit, do I do what that says? Or do I do what this typical, constant, everyday noise in my head says? And as I said a little earlier, look, does that mean you'll always get it right? No. But it is the right game for you to be involved in. And then finally, too much of this is about you, Amanda. You're too wrapped up in you and how you feel. And Listen, reach out to your friends for them. How are they doing? How's their life? Can you contribute? Can you make a difference? You have no idea whether they want to hear from you. They're so wrapped up in, do they want to hear from me? I mean, maybe it's not. Like, is there something about me? I mean, fuck's sake, Amanda. What's going on in their lives? What are they wrestling with? What are they dealing with? Be a listener. Ask questions. Contribute. Make a fucking difference. All right, you guys, that's it for this week. As usual, make sure you've got your uh, Unfuck Yourself planner or your calendar or any books you haven't bought yet. Go get them. Love Unfucked, by the way, is like hotcakes off the shelves. People are loving that fucking book. So if you haven't gone into it yet, you need to get your butt in there. Um, and with that, that's it for this week. I'll see you on the flip side. Have a great one. Thank you. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.